This is Chris Angeles, and this is Right at the Fork. I'm actually here with two fantastic people. Heather Jones, our producer, who handles a lot of the guests and makes this show happen. If you have any guest ideas, certainly look for our website, rightatthefork.com, and there's a way to get in touch with Heather or me um, and chat with us about any ideas you might have. Also here with us is Court Johnson, our incredible engineer who has made this show sound I think it sounds fantastic, despite the fact that my voice is on it a lot. And uh, thank you, Court, for that. Um, we, you can find us on Stitcher and iTunes. And also, lately, not only at rightatthefork.com, but you can find us at discoverportland.net. Also at portlandfoodadventures.com. There's a podcast page there now. And at portlandfoodanddrink.com. Uh, this morning, we have... Someone I think who's got a is very prominent person in the Portland food world, Peter Bro, and we're not talking about my brother. We're talking about Peter Bro, who owns Broder Broder Nord Savoy Tavern, and also the upcoming Allway. He also uh, developed and has put out there the uh, Poached dot com. There's a PoachedJobs dot com. Uh, PoachedJobs dot com, which is uh, a f- the premier means to hiring talent in the food service industry, not only here in Portland, but 10 other markets. So we're going to hear from Peter about how that developed, how he developed the concept for one of my favorite restaurants in Portland, and I'm not just saying that, Broder, um, and where he's going downtown with Allway. Peter Bro. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We were just talking about uh, Javier, which is the last time I saw you. Yeah, that's uh, on my list of if you ask me where I'm eating now, still. <laughs> where are you eating now? We Usually we do that at the end. Let's start right out as long as we're talking about it. Uh, well, Javier, uh, of course. Um, what, also, is, what is it about that that what, every chef, not every, but so many I don't, chefs are there and so many food people? I think it's as the, they just limit it to two things two soups a day and that you got you know kind of have the monday through whether it's closed on tuesdays so mm-hmm. um and that you kind of know what you're going to get and you know you get your favorites out of all of those and you know and they're they're fantastic soups yeah they they are and they i like their bun mis too they're yeah good sandwiches. yeah those are great otherwise so, i'm eating at uh, uh angel face mm-hmm. Toboda's new one john Toboda. Um, how's the food there it's fantastic uh, again, uh, kind of a small selection of food, which I kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I enjoy less selection than, than more yeah, lately, I think. You know, you're not good with decisions. Then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so what do, what have you had there that's really, that's exceptional? Uh, their steak frites are great. Uh, their um, uh, steak tartare, mm-hmm. wonderful. And then they've just, you know, just simple meat and cheese. John does a great job of just making things simple. I really kind of envy or not envy, but uh, you know, really respect that mm-hmm. in that in that way that he does a good job. And then Luce is another place I've been going to a bit, and mm-hmm. um, also his, which I think he's knocked that out of the park too. He's a great guy. Have you been next door to Cardinal Club? You know, I have not. I've not. Try it sometime. Is the food good? Yeah, yeah. The food, the food is great. The vibe is very casual. And they're really nice people. Cool, cool. So, I will. I will. Well, I love that street. I want to see everything on that street do well. Mm-hmm. Stamtish down the block I've not been to yet. 
to where Stamtish. It's uh, oh right, right, right. Uh, who who did that? That's uh, guys from up on Mississippi. Uh, it's not coming Prost, to mind. Prost, Prost, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And have you been to uh, Padi and Longbon and or on Twenty uh, Eighth and Burnside? There, yeah, I've been to Padi. Yeah, what's the other one? Well, Longbon is his is little back. Back of the restaurant, uh, oh, they're calling it a pop-up, but oh. it was written up as kind of the restaurant of the year. Really? Michael Russell oh, okay. wrote it up. Okay. And, um, oh, yeah, because all the pop-up. Right. And I don't know, necessarily is... know that that's a pop-up per se, but it's kind of a back room. It's a little bit like Roe was when it opened. Right. Kind of, but right. it's great. So, but uh, it's permanent. It's permanent on, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, okay, yeah. Like that. check so, that out. And it's great. It's just... Really special, and uh, I think Ruth Reichel just wrote up, uh, did a little write-up on it that she's never had anything like it. No way, really. Yeah, so really? wow. worth worth trying. And Earl, Earl's a great guy. I was just about yeah. to say, Earl is one of the nicest gentlemen, and yeah, he, he just is. got married, and his wife is beautiful and gracious. It's a really fun experience. Nice, nice. I will definitely go. So Nissan, anyway. Nissan was a hangout of mine when I was up on Mississippi. So, so where else are you? Anywhere else uh, come to mind? Uh, I don't need to, you know we don't need to keep going. No, but. no. Look Lock is a since I'm down, I'm doing a project downtown now, so I've been going to Look Lock a lot for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of deal with the lines, but uh, you know that that food is fantastic. They do a good job. I like their service model and and everything. Just kind of the energy of the place. But pretty soon people are going to be getting burgers downtown. Yeah, I hope so. Not I that there's so. no place to get a burger. <laughs> but. There are some places to get burgers. So tell us about Always that you're working on now. Uh, all way, no S. All way, uh, I'm all sorry. Way is uh, is just going to kind of it's a classic American style burger joint uh, that uh, you know we're, we're kind of emulating to a degree as everyone tries to the In and Out style burger, uh, mm-hmm. we're making our own buns through Alessio Bakery. They've done a really good job uh, coming up with a, a butter bun for us, really soft, uh, really great tasting bun, um, and then just classic you know quarter pound patty. Less if it, you know if you're doing a double like uh, like In and Out does and. Um, you know, American cheese, no tomato unless it's in season. Um, and then we're, we'll, of course, do the doubles and triples. Um, and then we're doing a fried uh, chicken sandwich that's going to be kind of pulled off the bone with the fried chicken that we do. Same recipe. Chick fil A kind of thing? Uh, no, Chick fil A. You know, I've actually never had a Chick fil A, um, but uh, I've looked at pictures of them. Um, they look like they're more of a. More of kind of a patty, aren't they? No, it's a it's Are a they? big, thick white meat just kind breast. of pulled. But is it pulled off the pulled off the breast or? Yeah, it's it's just it it's boneless chicken breast. Okay, okay. On a bun with a pickle. Okay, pretty much. That's I, would, it. I mean, this, ours is going to be very simple too. But we're we're kind of like pulling out. You know, we're frying a piece of chicken, then we're pulling it apart, kind of stacking it. Mm-hmm. And we've got a little bit of a kind of a slaw uh, lettuce mixture. Our hot sauce that we do. Some of these recipes are coming from Savoy that we've, you know, had for a while. Um, so, so, how long have you been incubating this idea? About two years. Mm-hmm. Kind of came up with it a couple of years ago, and it seemed like there was, you know, kind of the burger war going on, and you know, I don't, I kind of stopped looking at it, and and uh, you know, trying to trying so to. So it's not, not something you thought of and said, "Oh man, I'm just I got to get this done. I got to do it." It was backburnered and then location came and, up? Yeah, I mean, the, the space that I took over on uh, Southwest Broadway in between uh, Alder and Morrison is, you know, downtown, right in the heart of downtown, Stone's Throw to Pioneer Courthouse Square. 
two stories, been around for it's, 30 years. It's right years. across the street from Imperial, isn't it? Or no, close? no, it's up the block, so a little it's further a little okay. further south. Um Oh right. Okay, a little further. Yeah, yeah. I had to when I had when I read Red Coach, I had never been there. So I had to actually Google that and then sure, say, sure. Oh, th- I remember that sign walking by there and wondering right. why I'd never been there. Right, right. So now I'll be in that great, location. Great place, you know, unless you worked downtown, um, you know, you probably didn't know about the place. And and uh, you know, it was around for thirty years, kind of an unfortunate ending. Um, for one of the family members passed away, um, and the family just kind of gave it back, and and uh, you know they just leased it out. So I was able to, you know, I kind of stumbled upon it in a way because they didn't have a lease for lease on out on Broadway. They just had it on the on the entrance to the restaurant. You have to go into the building to actually get into right. the restaurant. So it's a mm-hmm. little there's a little clandestine nest to it, but uh, I like that about it. Will there be a clandestine menu like you know like in and out like in and out secret menu? Yes, you know. I don't know how, yeah, I mean, there will be elements to that that you will be able to kind of order off the menu or kind of. I think that's cook. part of their success is there's this whole. Yeah, and, and yeah, people really like, people like those elements in, in restaurants. If you can kind of, you know, if you are coming up with a concept, and this is definitely a concept, and I want to be able to scale this if, it, if we do it well, um, you know, people like those little elements to it. You know, we're also going to have uh, some sweet elements to it, confectionery. I want to I do caramel corn. Um, so I'm looking at uh, there's a place called Joe Brown's Caramel Corn in Lloyd Mall mm-hmm. um, that I want to kind of team up with, and they're an older couple that owns it, and been talking with them a bit to try to get their caramel corn. And <clears throat> um, I like kind of bringing in outside elements, you know, instead of having to do everything myself, I'd rather mm-hmm. kind of find the other, you know, the other people in town that have been doing it for a while. They've been doing it for over 50 years. Caramel corn. Caramel corn. I got to be it's pretty good at caramel thing. corn for 50 years. <laughs> You're not changing that up much in your 48, I don't think. <laughs> right, right. So, well, good. Um, looking forward to that. So, Broder, I'm pleased to be able to ask you about this because Broder is absolutely, hands down, one of my favorite places in town. Always when people come in from out of town and they're looking for breakfast, which is Kind of a challenge because there's so many great places. A lot of great places. I have a few places that I will definitely tell them. Broder is always, you know, top of top of the list with taste. Always appreciate Broder's the tasties. I think if you're going for breakfast, sure. go do those two, and you will be really happy. The great thing about Broder is I've never had anything like it anywhere ever. Not that I've ever had John Gorham stuff either, but sure. But um, I, it's always a wonderful experience. It's oh, people are always. Often, their breath is taken away by the menu and just how nice it is and how the eggs are, you know, nice and square and beautiful. And it's, it's just a really nice experience. And it's not a heavy breakfast. It's not. You don't no, have to leave there like, oh. And that was the intent behind it, too. And I, when I took over Henry's on Clinton, I didn't want to do an American-style breakfast place. And Henry's was an American-style breakfast place. And Henry's, Henry's was great in a way, kind of sleepy. Um, but... Uh, you know, just kind of coming up with the concept when I came up with the the Scandinavian concept for breakfast, which is not a new concept. It's just the way people tend to eat in in Northern Europe, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know, no one really understood it here necessarily. Though the you know, I always say that the ingredient range is really similar to ours. Um, you know, with the the meats and the fish, produce, berries. You know, we have everything here that makes up that menu basically, and it's just a question of 
how to put it together. How to put it together, exactly. And and I'm actually not a chef, so you know I can I have concept restaurants or concept you know uh, menus, and uh, and the restaurants that you know house them. But uh, you know overall, I just kind of came up with the concept. Had outside help, obviously. Uh, Alton Garcia was a big uh, influencer and and uh, help in that. And um, how long has how long has Broder been open now? Uh, eight years, and the new one's been around for a year now. How's the new one doing? Great. great. I I, uh, I can't believe it. I haven't been up there yet to the new one. It's a quirk, quirky location. To, yeah, to totally. Quirky location, you know, but I kind of like the challenge of the location. It's actually a, well, a it's great. It's got a big history to it. It's got a funny history to it, right. for sure. Funny um, history. <laughs> for Portland's restaurant scene, for sure. Right. Um, and kind of taking over that ghost in a way was, was a, a challenge I was, I was intrigued about, you know, uh, going in. Kind of changing it, and because it had re- it had remained, it was formerly the Gotham Tavern, mm-hmm. um, and it had remained the Gotham Tavern, but just kind of, you know, uh, after the prom was over, you know, just right. kind of there in the dress still, but it was a tavern, and no one really went there. Um, so taking over the space was a challenge, but it kind of I would say it, it accepted its broderness really well, and kind of lighting lightening the place up, and kind of the design elements, and bringing all that over um, was a was a challenge, but a fun challenge. Is Joe actually, up there now? Joe Conklin is, yeah, is my partner in it. So he's vested in it as a, oh, as a great. co-owner. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Joe, I, was, Joe was with me for you know seven years, so mm-hmm. it's time to time to give him part ownership of something, Good. especially if we were doing a you know another location. Just great guy. I, awesome I guy. you know had the pleasure of eating down in Southeast. And yeah, you got to go always, see him at the new. Place. Yeah, I have to go see him, and then we did an event. We did the. Uh, First breakfast of the year a couple of years ago, Broder. Right. Love that. Right. That was fantastic. Um, so how did you – you're not a chef. So what happened in your background that uh, put you into restaurant concepts? I was a, start? Well, I was a bartender. I'd always worked in restaurants, so I, I put myself through college bartending, and I was also a contractor. And where was that? In Madison, Wisconsin. Ah, nice city. Yeah, great city. Great city. A lot of good restaurants there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, vibrant town. Um, but I was a bartender all through college and uh, kind of ran my own place. I didn't own my my bar, but uh, ran it through most of college. It was called uh, The Chamber, and uh, it was a good live music place. I think I've been there. Have you? Yep. My one trip through Madison. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it was a, you know, you, you would cool go place. there. Yeah. Clyde Stubblefield, uh, James Brown's old drummer, you know, former drummer, now passed away, um, used to used to play a gig there every Monday. Uh, that was a real, real draw. People would come from all over the, you know, all over the world, really. Um, so it was a great little bar, really, you know, great kind of epicenter place mm-hmm. to to be. Um, but I put myself through college, you know, doing that and a lot of late nights, and uh, kind of came out of college with the not with the idea of ever starting a restaurant or a bar. Actually, I came to Portland and was going to get my master's in architecture at U of O and started. Uh, basically, I moved here at a time when you could still pick houses up for nothing and and uh started redoing houses and I just kind of fell in love with the city and and uh w- was dissuaded by a lot of architects not to go into the architectural field uh from an educational standpoint so I was kind of cutting my teeth just as a builder and as a contractor and really enjoyed that and uh just started bartending again were there some neighborhoods that you were that you were involved with that were not North, very, North, North not Portland ha- off of uh, Alberta. I mean, I was on Alberta, you know, 
with a house before anything was on Alberta. So how is that to to watch that happen? See, I've been here since 05 and probably didn't discover that Alberta even existed until 08 or so. Alberta used to have, you know, nothing on it except for a couple really great Mexican restaurants that are still there, La Serenita and La Bonita, um, and then some commercial enterprises that are still there. Uh, Provista started out on a, on a, on Alberta Street, mm-hmm. um, and it just Alberta just kind of grew into you know I think a little unchecked uh, you know Alberta's you know just kind of a it's it seems like it's not fully finished yet fully fleshed out yet but uh, what is finished to you is Hawthorne finished or is Division on its way to being finished. What is Division going to look hope, like when it's finished? I would hope Division is finished. <laughs> it's, it's been a it's been a rough rough ride there. Um, but what's I finished? Think Mississippi has done a really good job of of developing in itself, developing itself in in a, a more cohesive manner than than Alberta has. Alberta is also uh, east west street, and it's much much longer. Mm-hmm. Mississippi is a north north south corridor, and much small, you know, much shorter. So it had that opportunity. Um, What's the what? What is the significance of north south versus east west? Orientations are. You know, I think mean a lot, and you know, east west orientation in in this city means that you have a longer. You know, normally as a as a commercial street, you have a longer run, mm-hmm. like the divisions or the you know Powells or and uh, and the the uh, the north south streets don't take as much. They tend not they, to they can, tend not to be as long, right? Okay. And Mississippi is a you know cool, just a cool little street. I worked on Mississippi when you know when I first moved here. Uh, in a little development project for the housing development center, and and I mean Mississippi was a rough little neighborhood, and now it's you know changed so it's so just dramatically. Coming over being rough, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Williams too. I and mean, Williams, it's, it's yeah. Much, now that New Seasons in there is in there, right. I'm sure it's officially gentrified, <laughs> right? But uh, but I'll tell you what, as far as gentrification goes, if it's going to be New Seasons, that's not a bad thing. No, right? It's true. Could be. It's true. Could have a lot worse. That could going be a very on. long conversation. Yes, I know. Yeah. We'll, but we'll I mean, restaurant restaurant to... owners are gentrifiers in a way, and you know, it's like we tend to go into to neighborhoods either as pioneers or as well. It's really know, interesting because most most of the neighborhoods that were all of a sudden on the map and the star grew was because of restaurants. I mean, you look at mm-hmm. division, same thing, and now all of a sudden it's getting a bad rap because. There are all these restaurants there, mm-hmm. and and there are all these condos to feed the restaurants. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, at what point do you can you stop and uh, and have everybody be happy? I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can do that either. Right, so it's just going to kind of grow the way it's growing. So when you um, when you came up with Broder, was it the space first because you're architecturally oriented? Was it the space first? Was it the concept? And then you went out and looked for the space because I love that building over there. It's one of the most picturesque uh, facades that there oh, are. It's a great building. Yeah. Um, well, I had I had just finished up Savoy. Savoy was two years old. Um, so during Savoy's build out, which is next door to directly next door to Broder, um, I'd been going to Henry's a lot. So and then Henry's owners were moving out of town and selling and approached me, um, and I agreed to buy it. Uh, and didn't have necessarily a concept. Okay, so for you, it. you had to fit the concept into the space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had just gotten back from a trip to New York where I went to a place called Brown in uh, in Chinatown, and they have uh, brown, orange, and green. I don't think they exist anymore. Um, but uh, Brown was a little bre- breakfast spot 
in uh, in Chinatown and just an awesome awesome little spot and they had they had baked eggs in that square skillet and uh, not that it was Swedish um, but I just liked that that style of egg and I mm-hmm. never seen that before so I decided to to take that and kind of develop that and as I was re- you know as I was researching that I realized that that the Swedes bake their eggs and they tend to bake them in either round or square skillets like that um, or uh, in, in different vessels. But, uh, you know, so I kind of took that and totally copied that, but then riffed off of that and then developed the uh, the Scandinavian menu. Did you take trips over to Europe? To... No, no, not for it. I've been to Europe before, but, uh, you know, this was mostly just kind of. So how'd you, how'd you develop the menu then? Just Is... research, basically. Looking at looking at a lot of cookbooks, asking friends. I've got a lot of Swedish friends, um, and uh, just developing the the menu off of that. So you don't necessarily f- have to travel to. No, know. but it sometimes you know it definitely that's helps. Here, yeah, that, it definitely helps. And it's not a bad place to travel. Right. I haven't been there. I'd love to, to go do that research. That's I would why think I, someone like you know Andy Rickert. You know, it's like he travels extensively, and and I think that that definitely helps his you know his whole concept. And he's a chef, and you know, I, I guess I just didn't have the, the luxury to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or the time to do that because I had to, I had to build it out. So, so what are your favorite items there? If some if someone says, is going there for breakfast and they say, "Which I order?" What would you? Uh, I tend to like the boards, uh, the solstice board or the the Swedish board or the breakfast board, um, just because it's a variety of all the little things that we offer and and uh, you know get a good sampling of of what we do and. Uh, the Abelskivers, which are Danish pancakes that are round, kind of golf ball size, are a real favorite. So my my deal whenever I go to Broder and I go yeah, with friends is Abelskivers for the table. Yep. That just yeah. have get that out of the way. Abelskivers. Right. Tables <laughs> is that what you get? There's a name for it. And then we have those that's our little starter and then everybody goes sure. from there. It's a good way to go. Yeah, they're nice little social bites. You exactly. Just, they're just sitting there. Yeah. And we and make it, our own lemon curd and, you know, use a good lingonberry jam. We don't do our own lingonberry jam. I'd love to, but it's time. And so lunchtime, you have the best hot dog. That hot dog is great. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Describe that hot dog because I will probably kill it. But, tell you know, t- talk about why, what's well, it's special. A, I mean, the as a kind of a Swedish, as a Swedish hot dog, as a Northern European hot dog, um, it's on a lavash bread, it's flat bread. And uh, really thin fl- flatbread, and it uh, comes with uh, pickles and and uh, shrimp and uh, a potato pancake wrapped around it. There so you it's go. just such a great combination of flavors. Our mustard sauce that we make in house, and um, you know it's a little messy, but uh, you know overall it's a good, a, a great, great lunch. That and the Swedish popular. meatball sandwich. Yep, is those are great. they're fantastic. You know, there's one place I. I don't have to bullshit that I've been to Broder. It, I can just I, that's one menu I can I can <laughs> walk know, through that you know. So uh, Broder Nord's menu is actually a little different. We're that's letting what I was ask we're you. letting Broder Nord be a little different because it's a different sibling, and uh, it has a different chef, uh, Derek Hansen. Uh, Daniel Osayas is our chef at uh, Broder Clinton, um, but Derek is is a uh, kind of taking taking the menu for that area because it's more of a business. Mm-hmm. Lunch crowd, um, so we're, we put some new items on the uh, on the menu over there, like a little chicken entree, twenty minute chicken, um, roast beef, uh, like a hot roast beef, mm-hmm. um, and then just some other items like a duck egg that we're doing, and we're also making our own bread over there. So Broder Nord is kind of getting it's a little bit of a different identity um, from a food standpoint, and we're going to try to solidify those 
uh, in the next couple of weeks, but we've kind of let it let it allow to develop on its own a little bit. And you're doing dinner. We just started it, or... dinner again. Our first, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, our first dinner iteration uh, failed. So it was just too complicated. wasn't uh, wasn't doing what we do best. It's a t- We I think we had this discussion before. It's a tough thing for a restaurant. You know, you've branded yourself as this great breakfast. We're mostly associated as yeah. breakfast and lunch, yeah. and you can do dinner just as well. It's just getting out of that. Right, getting out of right. the mold, and I think Derek has uh, has really run with a good what you know what we do best basically. So we're actually not calling it dinner; we're just calling it late service because mm-hmm. I wanted to get away from you know that moniker and uh, and that expectation. So simply our late service, and it's it's just kind of bleeding into a smorgasbord menu, and uh, a lot of and I don't want to use the term small plates either, but it's a lot of you know variety of smorgasbord items or a variety of items that we do best, like, you know, our gravlocks and salmon and salmon cakes, oysters. We're doing a lot of oysters, uh, fried oysters. You know, you can still get meatballs, of course. Um, and then just a lot of great salads that utilize the ingredients that we have. And um, so a lot of good seafood, a lot of, a lot of great salads and a lot of, uh, you know, kind of smaller entrees. Where did Derek come from? Uh, Derek, uh, when I met Derek, he was the head chef at Laurelhurst Market. Mm-hmm. Then he came to work with us at uh, Clinton, Broder Clinton. And then he uh, left for a little while, traveled, went to uh, um, Smallwares, which is also one of my favorite Oh, he's got, a, he's got a pedigree. He's, yeah, he's been, uh, he's been walking around a bit. I think, uh, you know, eventually he'll Derek's, – Derek's extremely competent. He's an excellent manager, which, mm-hmm. is, uh, which is a really important thing for a, a head chef to be. Um, and, he's, and he's got a great, great palate and a great sense of the type of food that he's working under. And, and uh, he's really embraced the, the Scandinavian aspect of this menu, and I think he's doing a really great, great job. Well, that's got to be fun. There aren't a lot of people doing Scandinavian in town, so no. And on on the menu, on the menu now, basically most people are doing the chef's tasting. So you, mm-hmm. you just tell us how much money you want to spend. Most people are spending, you know, between twenty and thirty dollars, and you're getting a great variety of food there, really good value. Um, and it's just kind of meant to share. Um, our last menu was meant to share also, but it wasn't assembled or or put out in a way that that made any made sense that way. So it was confusing experience for people and and we got you know the wrath of yelp for that so i i killed it pretty quickly well you don't want to base everything on yelp no i know well, let me get gary the foodie over there base it on what he okay. says because i'd love to go do the tasting thing with him love over to there have you in yeah yes he's great so um uh you also you know you were talking about uh some chops that chef might have you've got poached jobs yep. so um Talk a little bit about how you started that, why you started that, how that's going, what some of the challenges, what what the you <laughs> lots know, of challenges. The, yeah, let's hear some of the challenges. Um, but poached is uh, is the go to spot for employment Jobs in the food, in the service industry. In the service industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. First and foremost, I mean, poached is a jobs website. It's as simple as that. It's connecting people looking for employment with with restaurant owners and and other people in the hospitality. Uh, world who are looking for employees, um, and it, really the the goal was to you know basically create a better interface for that process. Our only prior to that, our only option was Craigslist, and Craigslist is great for a lot of things, and and uh, but the the way that Craigslist works is awkward, and and it's very unreliable. 
it's unreliable. You get people on there who are looking for anything. So right. you have a you kind of have a desperate uh, uh, searcher on there that's not necessarily looking for a restaurant job, but you know often those are low hanging fruit right. for them, and they'll apply to everything. So you get you know for any any type of position, you're going to get you know hundreds of resumes, and they're they're impossible to open. So it's, you spend a lot of time actually just the the process of accessing that resume, and then that resume may not you know uh, you know bear anything, and you know so the goal was basically to to improve that experience, improve that interface. And I had uh, I, one of my best friends, Kevin Peoples, is a principal in a company called NetX here in town, and they're a digital asset management company. They they developed a software that they sell all around the world now. They're a very successful company here in Portland. And uh, I approached Kevin, and they were they kind of had a little bit of an opening on their schedule, and they were able to, to come in and, and uh, help build this. They're also partners in it. Was this born from a frustration that you had, finding good people? This was directly born from my frustration <laughs> of, of not – I've always found good people. It was more of the frustration the of, of the process and – and because process is everything and you got to if you don't improve your process, you're not doing your job. So I just this was a big challenge. I mean, it was a big task to to take on. And but I had I was able to really put together a good crew. Kirk Thornby, uh, whom I met at uh, at Savoy waiting tables, him and his wife, Deb, um, embraced it. He was selling a company of his and uh, also had kind of an opening in his schedule at the time and really has embraced it. Kirk's the CEO of it and really kind of taking it to the next level. We're finding two and a half years into it, we're in 11 cities, um, have over a million viewers, you know, a million page views a month. You know, it's really, really well used in a lot of cities, but we, you know, we're in that that predicament of needing to, to raise money. So we're in a seed round and we're trying to raise 1.2 million um, and we'll most likely get it. And, uh, and then that'll bring us in, you know, give us a clearing for a couple of years and then we'll go into our, what's called a series A. It's essentially a tech company. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, in the end, it was like, "Oops, I started a tech company," and you know, it has all the 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 uh, you know attributes of that. You know, everything. And you're about not a is, tech guy, so you have I'm to re- you have guy. to rely on everybody. Else. Oh yeah, you have to And rely I'm sure on you're your learning as you go. Oh yeah, and you're that's, becoming that's the, a tech guy. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. I love that. I love that. Uh, not you know that unknown. In a you know walking into a field and then realizing what you have to put together. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that's the, that's the, you know, kind of enjoyment of it. So me, at least. it's, uh, you're seeding, so you're not profitable yet. When do you see, I'm just assuming I'm not a financial guy, but. Well, I, there's not a lot of online services that truly are profitable. If you are actually creating revenues, you're actually doing pretty well from an online standpoint, considering that you have to online as a hard marketplace to, to reach your audience. And we've got two audiences working Simultaneously, we have the job seeker and we have the job producer, the you know, uh, the restaurant owner or the hospitality industry. Um, so we're trying to hit two markets at once, and that's expensive. And so you get into all these you know elements of the business cost of acquisition for a customer, and and your your cost of acquisition has to be at a certain limit. Ours is higher right now, but still in a really good realm. But we we bring in uh, you know a good chunk of revenue each month from the eleven cities that we're in. But it doesn't cover our operating costs. But it's close, so we're a good prospect for investment because mm-hmm. we we will be able to scale, and then there'll probably be that point where either we're you know we we're, we're number one in market, which is a term, um, and uh, or we'll get acquired, which is so. Are you in the eleven cities that you're in? Are you number one in market and 
Many of them, some of them, none of them, all of them? Uh, most of them, in the sense that a lot of them were the only other option besides Craigslist. Craigslist mm-hmm. is number one in market in most cities still, just out of the ubiquitousness of it. Well, it's been around forever, and exactly. it's easy, and people, and it's easy and know, people it. know it. And by the way, when I said what I said about Craigslist before, I've lived off of Craigslist oh, for yeah. so many things, yeah. but I just went through a move. The mover didn't show up. That I found him right. on Craigslist. That's the downside <laughs> to Craigslist. Yeah, a lot of flakes. So uh, I should probably mention him, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of flakiness going on. But if you know how to use it, it's it's a it's a good thing. Yeah. But it feels safer to be somewhere that's just for an industry. I think that and and that's the the best thing about poached is that you know the person looking for a job is you know is focused on the restaurant industry. So you you just get a much better. Better person, better you know, better employee prospect, better prospect, um, and then beyond that, we're creating a lot of different services for the service industry on our on our back, what's called our back office, where you view your resumes. So the resumes come in, you can view them very easily, just kind of as a flipbook uh, format. So you can go through the resumes, share them, rate them, share them with your management team, um, and then we're creating other other uh, services on there where you can share or or save other data. That you have, you know, restaurants are made up of of little bits and pieces that you know we often don't don't uh, store very well or file very well, and you know, restaurant back offices are notorious for being pretty unorganized places. So the goal here is with our back office, you would use it as your office, basically your HR administrator, um, to store other other uh, data that you have, recipes, all your licenses, anything is a digital asset, basically. So anything that you can photograph. Or, or you know, put into a file and, and, and upload. You can save on this site. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of restaurants could use all of all of your uh, all of your PR assets, your logos. You know, any type of material that's been written about you. you mm-hmm. know, so it's like being able to have all that place in one one place. All you know, all those all those items in one place is really important. So was Portland? A lot of people know you in Portland. Was that pretty easy to get uh, restaurants signed up for poached? Yeah, I mean, obviously, being you know, being it being our hometown, it's it's easier. Though I, I went to Austin and spent a couple of weeks in Austin, and you know, pounded the pavement, went to every restaurant in the inner Austin vicinity, and had a great experience. Excuse me, um, great experience there, and uh, was really well well received. And Austin is is doing well, really well. And I did the same thing in Seattle. I mean, I just took a took a week up in Seattle, walked around. Once you show the restaurant owner how it works, they're, they're going to use it. They're going to try it. And once they try it, and as long as we can bring them resumes, and that's where the marketing you know, aspect of it comes into. And if they get good candidates, they will continue to use us. And we have most everyone using us is, is using us again. So is there any risk to, for them to start trying it? Is, is there an Not investment really. or do they just start? Is it a kind of an a la carte? Well, it's, it's $25. We've priced it uh, the same as Craigslist and, uh, um, so we're we're matching them on that level. We may up the price a little bit uh, just because we're you know as a value add we have more service. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, that's there's no contract or anything. Very low barrier to entry, and that's the thing too for the for the person looking for work. You know, there's there's nothing to fill out before you submit your resume. It's like we're not collecting data. That's you know, and a lot of businesses that's part of their. Mm-hmm. Part of their business model is data sets. I've kind selling of heard of that lately. Yeah. We've, we've been exactly. hearing a little and bit that's, about that. That's not that's not healthy for any of us, I believe. So you've had a really busy year. I mean, you, it has you've been got 
You got Broder Nord going on. You've got uh, you got a new restaurant downtown, Allway. I have to remember to keep, keep the yep. S off of that. <laughs> and where did, by the way, where did that name come from? Um, you know, I, I like you know, I like names like Byright in in uh, San Francisco. You know, that's a great grocery store, and it just sounds very American. It sounds very kind of like the utility of it, and and it also happens to be what you see underneath a four way stop says mm-hmm. Allway mm-hmm. Um, with a hyphen most often. Um, and that's basically the logo, you know, red and red and white. And uh, that's our logo. So it's like you'll Is kind the of, logo done yet? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Most of the identity work is done. But that, I mean, that, us, that is. We'd love to put it on the on our site sure, I'll, I'll, uh, showcase it if it hasn't been out I'll, there yet. I'll go on Poach's back office and, you know, pull it off. Of oh, there. good. Nice little self-promotion are. thing going on. <laughs> Did we finish your list of places you like to hang out? I don't remember if I if we kind of started and diverted, but I think so. Uh, well, what did I say? I said uh, Angel Face and Luce, right? Luckluck, Javiel, um, Kachka. I think it's an awesome, awesome place. They're doing a nice job over really there. Have job. you been next door to Oso Market? Oso Market, I like a lot. I like them a lot. And um, that's a nice little area down there. Trifecta. It is. That's yeah. That's turned into a nice little uh, kind of square block area. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, tell us, uh, do you have anything you got an, I was leading to, you've had a busy year. You've got a lot going on. Anything else on the horizon for 2015, 16, even 17 that you're looking at doing? Um, we'll see. There's a pos- there's a possibility of a good opportunity with the, uh, Scandinavian Heritage Foundation. Uh, they're building a new, uh, uh facility. Um, uh, they've been working fundraising for it for 20 years. Um, over on the Southwest Olson Road, um, and there's a big Scandinavian community over there. They want Broder to come in and and uh, be in their facility. So they're Southwest, Southwest, yeah. Bingo, possibly. I yeah. think it'll do really well. I think it, because there's nothing. Over, well, Taste Bud's coming in. Yeah, Taste, and I'm really happy that he's going. Mark's going into uh, into Multnomah Village. So we we would be close to that. Though we're you know it's it's a little bit of a quirky spot because. You you have to know where it is, but you know we would be the uh, caterers of choice for the hall, basically the found the the, the foundation. Um, it's a beautiful building. It's very so. It's just catered. Would would it be a restaurant no, location? It would, it, would, it would be a cafe and a restaurant. Oh, fantastic! Um, so I'm in Southwest, so I'm always advocating. Oh, okay. Someone please come over here. We have Verde Casino now, which is great. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. one of my sleeper spots. Otto and Anita's. Have you ever been to no, Otto and Anita's? No. Oh, you've got it's a great. Go okay. Oh. Yeah, it's a schnitzel house. Oh, I and, love, uh, love that. Love that. It's like driving in a back. I probably talked about this before. Driving in the uh, backwoods of Pennsylvania, you come upon a house, a sign that says restaurant, sure. and you're in someone's basement. Uh. <laughs> and the servers there are fantastic, and it's not, you don't feel like you're in Portland. It's kind of a little escape. Oh, well, definitely. So that's yeah. Southwest. So that's exciting to hear. The Broder, the Broder Southwest would be. Probably a little bit of a different iteration, a concept that I've been working on called B-Cup. And uh, it would be Broder as a cafe, and we roast our own coffee, um, talking with uh, Water Avenue Coffee about doing a co-packing deal. And, nice. Uh, or co-roasting and co-packing. And uh, we would basically highlight uh, what's called Fika, uh, which is a, a Swedish, uh, not necessarily a pastry, it's Fika is kind of a strange concept. It's a, kind of a noun and a verb. Everyone in Sweden goes to Fika, and basically it's getting coffee and having a treat. 
So there's a whole variety of small little I think that's a bites. concept that Portland could embrace. Oh, they would love bit. it. Yeah, they would love it. Maurice, actually, which would be one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh, on my list, is uh, is kind of attempting to, to introduce that concept to Portland. And, and, um, it's a beautiful little spot. Maurice is great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I've noticed, I think she's on... Uh, She's got a Kristen lot of great is, press. Is on the hot is the hot list now, right yeah, at the definitely. top. She's definitely. getting all the press. Yep, and she deserves it. Totally, it's great. So, where are your favorite coffee spots? Uh, well, because you Maurice. serve some great. You serve well, just roasters, but you serve some great coffee at Broder. We have with stum- the we have Stumptown. Cream. I've got with a long relationship with Stumptown. The cream, warmed cream, the warmed yeah. cream. No one, <laughs> who else does that? That was Joe Conklin. That's all, Joe. Um, yeah, and people people love that. Love that. Um, I love Heart Coffee, mm-hmm. uh, Courier Coffee next to Maurice, which I stumbled upon the other day. It was a really cute spot. That's a great spot. Yeah, yeah. I once had a meeting with Karen Brooks, and that was where she wanted to meet. Courier, yeah, Courier. Great, great. That's pretty Water, cool. Water Avenue is, uh, is a great coffee house. There, Matt Maletto is a good friend of mine and has been a real help with Poached also. And he's got his barista school, and we're kind of partners with him on certain levels too. You know what I like about Courier? And probably you can do this anywhere, but I but – there, I know. They just say, how much do you want? <laughs> you know, so you look in your pocket. I got seven bucks. So scoop out seven dollars worth of coffee for me. That's great. Or something like That's that. Then, and it's a cool spot. And then you can go to Maurice next they door. They supposedly have the best chocolate chip cookie in the city. Uh, they do have a great <laughs> chocolate chip cookie. We just did a, um, you know, that was the place. We just did a soundbite on chocolate chip cookies, and I was trying. I've been trying to think. There were two places. Actually, oh, you didn't include I, Courier. I, one was Meat Cheese Bread, uh-huh. and I'm going to include Courier. You included Courier. I'm going to emphasize that right now. And it was like a buck for yeah, the cookie. It looks like they're a buck. I didn't get to try one because the woman ahead of me in line when I was there on a Saturday. Uh, came in and bought all of the cookies. There you go. How fortuitous that you were sitting. I just wish that we hadn't recorded the soundbite yet, but we've <laughs> done that, um, and that's fine. But, uh, yeah, that was a fantastic little treat. So um, thanks so much for Thank coming you. in, Peter. Thank you for having me. Really great. Um, Enjoyed it. I We've had a couple of short conversations on the phone, and I ran into you at Javiel, and, um, but this was nice to sit down and get to know you yeah. better. Thanks for coming. Thank you. I have to get back to Broder. That was one of the first breakfasts that I've been to in Portland. It was actually when I started Portland Food Adventures and I said I have to start to get to know these places I haven't been before that I've been reading about. Broder was the first place and I went with my son and said, guess what? They're all write-offs now. Yeah. We, we can write the, write this off. I'm going to do something in the food business. Well, he was a, I think he's a little bit of a, of a visionary in that I didn't see Apple Skeevers anywhere. Until I went to breakfast at Broder, and then I'll tell you, what, I'll, I'll be down, but the next, like, holiday catalog from Sir Latab had, like, the little, the, the Abel Skeever mold tin waffle maker kind of thing. So, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit for being a very prolific restaurateur, because he said in, in the interview, he's not a chef, but I, and I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make in their impression of him. He's really... Very, very skilled at pulling together uh, talent. And, and he mentioned Joe yes. in the interview, who's one of the most talented and gracious people I know in Portland. I, I We did an event with him, and I loved working with him. Right. right. And, you know, and I think that he deserves, uh, 
he deserves a lot of a lot of credit for being able to conceptualize and come up with very very successful restaurants because you need somebody you not not every chef is a good business person right and mm-hmm. so you need somebody who who knows how to get the contracting done and get all the licensing and uh, you know insurance and spot the chef talent and know what the customer is going to respond to and he's done a very very good job and he just he kind of tends to fly under the radar a little bit I think um, so well Broder's probably the highest profile but Savoy is not something that you right. you know comes to mind right off the bat it's right next to Broder yeah but uh, but it's a great place to wait while you're waiting for breakfast Broder, <laughs> and get a Bloody Mary right um, but I think in the next year or two with Allway opening and poached you know maturing mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna hear a lot more from Peter yeah. about him too great guy